Hi, and welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Howard Drukarsh. And for those who don't know me, I've been a successful realtor in Canada's largest market for over 30 years. And in the latter part of my career, I co-founded Right at Home Realty with an agent roster of over 5,600 agents and growing. In 2020, I retired to start this podcast, and it's been a remarkable opportunity to interview and meet highly successful people in real estate and related fields. And today, our guest is one of those people. John Lusick, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Howard. It's uh, truly a pleasure to be uh, a guest on your show, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our time together. Thank you, John. And for full disclosure, I have to admit that John, of all the guests we've had, John's the only one I worked with. And uh, I, <laughs> while I was at Right at Home Realty, uh, John took over as president and broker of record. And uh, um, I'll sing his praises when we get into his bio. So so let me talk about John, and then we'll, we'll get into the questions. Um, as I mentioned, he's broker of record and president. Um, like myself, John has had over 30 years experience in the business. Um, he was an award-winning commercial real estate agent. Uh, he's managed corporate offices for one of Canada's largest brands. Uh, he's owned uh, a major residential franchise. Uh, he's been in organized real estate like myself. We were both on the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board at the same time. Uh, John has been the commercial director uh, at the Ontario Real Estate Association. And at TREB, he served as chairman of government relations for two years and was chair of the finance committee. And John was much more active in organized real estate than I was, but uh, he has what a great career. Um, he also has a, a great deal of experience in mergers and acquisitions, in operations, uh, building high-performance teams, and uh, it's just a delight. His background is an MBA from the University of Fed Fredericton and a BA from Queen's University. So John, um, thanks, thanks for sending me that great bio. I didn't want to blow any part of it. Okay, so let's, and, and I said this earlier, you know, uh, I've done 26 uh, episodes and one of the hardest things you can do as a host is interview a friend because you, you, you have to balance the, the friend chat with the, what people are looking for. So we're going to we're kind of mix it up a bit today. So um, let me start with the first question. And it's the one I think makes the most sense. A lot of people are interested in, in this for you. What was your career prior to real estate? Well, uh, I'd have to start with um, something you mentioned in, in the bio, which was my, my BA from Queens, which was, was in psychology. And so you can imagine that um, coming out of uh, a university with that degree um, really didn't lend itself to uh, going in a particular direction. So I ended up uh, in sales, uh, selling um, probably... The, the earliest versions of what were cellular and paging systems and, um, and, and was fortunate enough, had a great mentor, general manager, who um, sent me to uh, the Xerox professional selling skills uh, program. And so that, that got me started um, in sales. And so that, that was pre-real estate. Mm -hmm. And when you decided on a career in real estate, um, what was it that motivated you? Well, here's, here's the second part. Um, I actually didn't really decide on the career. Um, I, that, that same general manager uh, joined a, a company you and I both, both know today as CBRE, 
back in those days, it started out as Coldwell Banker Commercial, and and after he'd been gone for six months, he um, uh, gave me a call and said, you know, th- this is something you might want to uh, consider. And and to be very honest, um, I didn't have the first clue about what what went on in the world of commercial real estate. So um, after uh, a bunch of interviews and and um, um, you know, checking things out, I actually ended up at Royal LePage Commercial Office Leasing Division as a research uh, consultant. So um, the career was was sort of uh, by chance, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, since we both go back at least 30 years in this business, um, you know, I'm always fascinated when when I have an opportunity to talk to people who are new to the business about what it was like. So what are your memories of uh, 30 years ago in the real estate business and how it's changed since then? Well, um, I'm, I'm actually quite, in, in some ways, quite proud to say it was 35 years ago um, that I got started. And, and I think my, my memories were um, of some great camaraderie, um, you know, in the commercial real estate business. And I think today it still stands. We were employees. We Although it was competitive, we worked and 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 played hard together. Um, but my memories were also um, that it was tough. Uh, and and you know, were it not for some excellent training, some excellent mentorship, and, and quite frankly, persistence, I probably um, you know would have been one of the many casualties uh, that we unfortunately see come through the real estate business. My understanding of commercial is, and of course anybody who knows it, is it's a business where there's huge wins in terms of the financial gains, but it's a long process between the start and the end. Did you find that in your career as well? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, I I think um, a lot of our fellow colleagues uh, who aren't in in the commercial um, business, Assume that the financial gains are are huge. Um, there are as many small commercial deals as there are residential. And uh, but on the flip side, uh, yes, I often had uh, transactions that you know took anywhere from a year to two years to close. And and you know sometimes they didn't. And so um, a lot of um, you know there was an awful lot of hanging around. A lot of um, you know, patience required, um, and quite frankly, you had to park those and and just forge on, forge ahead because um, pretty easy to, you know, uh, get off track. So yeah, it, it it's it's quite different in terms of the uh, the the um, timelines from uh, start to finish for sure. And and in our industry, there there are people that start out in residential, um, wanting to mm. move to commercial. Uh, and there are people that go from commercial back, you know, go the other way into residential. But um, I think if someone can be well-rounded and handle both, because, you know, oftentimes, and I remember my own career, you, you would have a residential client and they would say, gee, you did a great job. Um, uh-huh. I'm looking to lease some space or I have a building to sell. And, you know, if you can handle both sides of it, it just makes you more valuable, right, to your clients. Yeah, I think so. I and and, and But, you know... Um, I mean, there's a bit of a trap there. Uh, of course, you know, uh, we all want to serve our clients well and take care of, of all of their needs. And, um, you know, 
going going from residential to commercial or commercial quite frankly to residential without you know the appropriate uh, training and and you know um due diligence and and whatever else is required can can be a recipe for disaster so if there's one thing that i always used to to tell um anybody thinking of that uh is something that that i did very early on in my my career is i took the the courses uh the ccim designation courses and um i mean you don't have to take those there are many other excellent commercial uh courses and I would highly recommend that you know people invest in that um, because it's it's um, you know it's no different than than a residential agent who strictly does condos selling a farm, equally equally challenging. So uh, that's something that did help me early on in my career. I have to say. And you know, I'm glad I asked that question because when I was in uh, the role you had or managing branches. You would have agents asking you about, you know, can I do this or can I do that? And my answer was the same as yours. You're responsible when you take on a client to know what you're doing. Yes. And and it's yes. it's really important that all agents understand that. And obviously, you have a great attitude about how to keep everybody out of, from getting in trouble. So, you know, I'm glad that right. one came up. Um you know, one of the things that's changed, I mean, you talked about the early days with cell phones, and I, I remember, uh, I mean, you do too, I'm sure, when people's cell phone was a suitcase, you know, right. and, and they would, the suitcase weighs like a 40 pounds, right? And, yep. uh, um, and then it went from there. But technology, and again, you know, we both remember when if you wanted to know what a listing was, you had to go to the office, you had to fight for the little books that people were hoarding <laughs> so that you couldn't get to them. Uh, right. So technology has been huge, but but and uh, in, in over your career, um, and as we're kind of moving out of the pandemic and into a certainly a somewhat different world, how do you see technology changing the way agents um, have worked? Let's say in the past year, um, and what they'll be doing in in future years. Well, that you know that's a, um, that's the the twenty million dollar question, of course, but I. You know, it, it's interesting. I think back as we were talking about commercial to my my HP 12C calculator, where I had, had to program everything in in order to end up figuring out the present value of of, of a you know a, an investment or cash flow or what have you. And and of course today, um, you know that that isn't necessary. You can do it all um, at the click of a mouse, quite simply. So. I mean, the, you know, the pros and cons that there's, there's so many excellent programs available now and, and so much great technology that part of the challenge has become sifting through all of that for agents to figure out what, what's going to fit their business and their business approach and style. And um, so I think, you know, uh, as much as technology has definitely made life easier, um, it's still you know, you still have to make it work. You still have to work with it, and you still have to figure out what actually is going to fit the kind of business you're building. So, but going forward, um, you know, I, I think it's only going to improve. If anything um, um, good has come out of this pandemic, um, not that there is anything, but if 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 it's forced us to do anything, and that is to um, you know, work even faster and harder on on what technology means to a company. 
uh, and to an individual agent and, and, you know, how we're going to apply that going forward. So it's kind of put our technology strategy on, on turbo boost, if you will. And, and again, I look back on the, the years when technology came in, whether it was cell phones, pagers first, cell phones. And I always felt that success with a client was based on whatever way they wanted you to communicate with them. If they wanted you to use the phone, use the phone. Right. If they want you to text, use text. If there's right. new technology that they want you to use, you've got to be up to date because that's the way they want to work. And a lot of times mm. what happens is, and you brought it up, it's moving so fast um, a lot of salespeople, you know, don't know how to keep up with it because um, the client leads the way, essentially. And, and I think that's always been the way it has been in this business. That's a, that's a great point. And, you know, some, something that, that also has become clear as a result of, 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 you know, being forced into isolation is, is that, you know, clients um, crave human interaction, as do realtors, as do managers, as do you know, as does the public in general, and and Zoom and and texting and and you know Skype and all those other means of communicating only take you so far. Um, people still crave that human to human interaction, and so um, you know while all of those tools are great and helpful, um, I think if there's one thing that that I would stress today that's even more important is is you know communicating directly and and um, purposefully with with you know with uh, the customer the end customer and as you say quite correctly um, you know they will ultimately determine how they want to be um, you know interacted with but I I can tell you that you know whether it's from employees or whether it's from salespeople uh, it's become clear that that. All this virtual stuff is all fantastic, but uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, what really is, is what they really want to get back to is, is person to person. And, and this also is a technology question because I remember I used to tell people, you know, I mean, this goes back to 2004 or around the early days of this company, that technology is going to change like every five years. I mean, can you believe that? Every five years. I got a feeling it's now changing every 12 months, right? I mean, it's just so much. Right. Um, really unfair question, but but how do you how do you, if you were to kind of guess in five years how this industry might change? Uh, do you have any vision of what it might be? Um, you know, one thing that's that's become very clear uh, is that most most brokerages and you you know this from all your years uh in the industry um have been um promoting the fact that they have the best leading technology that exists and i i think what's become clear is that um you know that isn't the case and that there are so many new entrants into the industry that that have figured out new and novel ways to you know interact with the customer and also to you know create a connection between the customer and the agent in some cases and so you know for us going forward in terms of our our you know uh short medium long term strategy really it's about um, building the kind of technology that's going to help an, our agents boost their business, 
help. But at the end uh, of the day, it's it's ultimately about providing um, a much better experience for the customer. And so, if we can help the agent provide that to the customer, then you know, I think I think everybody wins. Um, so, you know, longer term, it it's also about figuring out how to connect all the various technologies out there. And you you probably recall that, you know, as an agent, you're probably logging in to eight to ten to fifteen different sites for different pieces of information as you're working with a customer. And so, you know, we're focused on finding a way to make that a much more seamless, uh, simple process for our agents. And and that's what we're building um, as we speak. And so I think going forward, um, you know, that's a huge piece is the agent facing technology. But then of course there's, you know, the technology required to run our business. Um, and then there's figuring out how do we interact with all the other entities that are out there, whether it's MLS boards, associations, compliance, uh, the regulator. So, you know, finding a way to pull that all together is is really what it's about. Um, and and so that's our our big challenge going forward. And and on this topic of technology, as you know, there's been a lot of concerns that agents have that technology will eliminate the need Mm. for a real estate agent. Now, we both have so many years in the business, we know that's not the case. But, but, you know, what do you say to someone who's got a fear that somehow technology will take out the most important part of a transaction, which is the human part? Right. I I personally, um, in my lifetime, um, don't believe we will see that uh, happen. There are certainly... Um, you know, technology um, companies that are, are, you know, have tried to to build the kind of business that um, is a direct consumer, you know, to to um, tech, um, you know, relationship without needing an agent. Quite frankly, I don't see that happening. I see the agent as being even more valuable because someone still has to interpret the data. Someone still has to help walk that client through the ever-increasing volume of of um, paperwork and regulations and legal uh, issues. So uh, until someone can actually figure out how to manage all that without a a a, a live person, um, I quite frankly don't see it happening. So what I would say is, right now, technology makes the agent's life that much easier. Instead of showing a, a customer 90 homes, you're now showing them 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get that final sale. So uh, again, it's about how you integrate all of that into your practice, but people still really value, um, you know, a good professional agent and there always will be a need in, in my book for that. And those are the ones that exceed because it's it's more, right. you know, it, it's about being professional it's about being knowledgeable, um, and it's about being, you know, focused on customer service. And and I agree with you. Technology isn't going to give a client those things, and right. so, you know, support. So, you know, I I think I wanted to bring it up because I think if people are thinking it's a concern, I don't think so. And and I agree with you. In our lifetime or lifetimes after ours, this is a yeah. people business. It always has been. It always will be. You know, right. the 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 product is bricks and mortar. 
but it's really people that you deal with. So, you know, I totally right. think that's a great answer. Um, I want to get on to your career in terms of the highlights of your career and what, what you would say are the, the things in your career, real estate or otherwise, um, that you're most proud of. You know, I, I, <laughs> I had to think about that one. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'd have to say that, you know, still being in the industry 35 years later is, is one that I'm, <laughs> I'm actually quite proud of. Um, and, and I will say that, you know, um, being a career management person in the industry, I think is, is something that, um, you know, as, as you all well know, we don't see um, as much uh, focus anymore on that side of things. Um, I was very privileged early on to um, be given an opportunity, as, as you mentioned in, in my bio, to manage um, in the in the corporate group of of one of Canada's major, um, you know, real estate um, brokerages. So. You know, while there wasn't a formal management training program, that's probably as close as, as it could get to, to one. And so I, I think, you know, staying power in this industry in, in many industries, but in particular in, in this one that that is so can be so intense um, and, and quite frankly, um, you know, tough to stay to hang in. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And then probably it's it's having been able to maintain the kind of relationships, whether it's it's with people like yourself or, you know, I can still pick up the phone and talk to someone I met 30 years ago and, and in the industry and, you know, still have a, a, a frank, friendly, professional discussion. And that's probably the most meaningful out of everything. And I think you're right. I think there's a there's a great deal of um, uh, uh, compliments to. I look at the same way. I you know I know people that when I started are still in the business, and I think, mm-hmm. wow, we survived just like you did. It's a tough business, and if you can survive 30 years, you really have figured it out. I mean, that's that's right. that's, that's, the, right. that's the real thing. If someone were to ask you now about becoming a real estate agent, giving all the changes and technology and thing, how would you answer the question about, you know, um, what do you need to be to be successful in real estate? Well, you know, it's, um, I, I don't think my answers changed much from many, many, many years ago, which is, you know, you need to be committed. And by, and by that, I mean, you need to you know, think of it as, as a, a career and you need to think of it uh, as um, someone who's going to be a professional advisor to people on, on their most important purchase or sale. Um, and, and what that means is that you have to dedicate the time and effort, energy, money, um, and really study and learn. So I, I don't think that that's changed. Unfortunately, you know, with with so so much of the um, instruction, the the course programs, so much of that going online, I think it's made it seem like it's it's not such a a difficult mm. career to get into. But as you and I know, you know, probably the failure rate still hasn't changed from decades ago. It's it's still around seventy percent of the people within their first three years that just 
you know, realize that they, they can't make a go of it for different reasons. But, you know, that's still the case. And I think it comes down to people, and this is, this is a great intro into what I've always felt, the, the consumer doesn't really understand what a real estate agent does because they meet mm-hmm. them when, let's talk about the listing. They meet them when they do the listing and measure the house, and they probably meet them when there's an offer. So they think that's all they do. Right. Or if it's a buyer, show them a house, do an offer. But there's so much, to your point, training that goes into it, uh, uh, research that goes into it, that that people, I believe, come into the business with not. I mean, you know what a doctor does and you know what a lawyer does. And I don't think a lot of people really know what an agent does. And that right. may be the reason for that turnover. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it is what it is. I mean, it's always been that way. And I don't I don't think it'll change. So, I, right. you know, I agree. Um in terms of your role as president and broker record of a very large brokerage, uh, what's mm. what's been the most challenging part of that when you took over that role? I think probably um, you know the the most challenging is um, you know coming up with with the right strategy, uh, you know, in terms of um you know keeping what already is a very successful business going forward and and making it even more successful and you know part of that uh, that the reason i say that strategy is challenging because uh, you know our earlier discussion about technology is is probably the the biggest challenge right now uh for the company in terms of figuring out you know how to implement it in such a way that that it helps the business, the agents, and and ultimately keeps our shareholders, um, um, you know, happy as far as the um, results. So I would say, you know, um, strategy and and where to focus our our time and energy and and money on on ensuring that you know we achieve um, some of the the you know growth objectives that that um, you know the board and and um, have set out is, you know, something that they, they want us to shoot for. And of course, the other side of that coin of being the most challenging is, is what have you found to be the most satisfying part of, of uh, you know, running a very large brokerage? Well, specifically in this case, um, and this credit to you and your, your other co-founders, uh, of course, of course, the late Arthur Bartram and, and of course, Ron Petticord is still very much involved is, is, you know, the fact that this company was built so well from the ground up in terms of its structure and in terms of, you know, um, um, you know, the focus on understanding, um, you know, data tracking metrics. I mean, you know, everything really has, as was so well, the foundation was so well built that, um, you know, that has been probably, um, I would say that the biggest, uh, blessing and, and, um, you know, the biggest, um, help in terms of being able to, you know, push ahead and, and do some of the things we're doing. And, and, you know, ultimately it is about the people and, and we're privileged to have a, you know, wonderful team here that, um, you know, are, are all very focused and dedicated on, on, um, you know, getting it done. But I, I would say going back to, you know, the day you guys decided to start this, this business and, and started laying out the framework for how it was built is, is probably been, 
you know, the, the biggest plus um, for someone like myself to be able to step in and carry it on. Well, this goes back to when I was um, active in the company before I retired. And I would call John and I would say, John, um, of all the courses you've taken, I don't believe you took one on how to manage a large company in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Like nobody had any, any history on something that hasn't happened for 100 years. But obviously the company survived and your leadership was, you know, I mean, I think it was great to be able to figure out how, how to keep things rolling and keep them successful. So the question on that is, um, what was the greatest lessons that you learned from, from doing that and, and from keeping things going, you know, and not falling apart? Well, you know, uh, a, a pandemic or crisis or, or you know, you know, any any sort of major event, um, you know, uh, quickly forces forces one to, you know, sit down and and <laughs> have that conversation with 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 your maker as to oh boy, what 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 do we do here? And so. Um, you know, I think um, the biggest lesson is is you know having the right team around you that that you can do that together, uh, and and as opposed to thinking that this is something that you have to do all by yourself. And again, we're we're I'm privileged to have the kind of board of directors that um, have have some of certainly the smartest people I've ever had the privilege of working with. So, you know, you're not in it alone. And um, and we have the means and the ability to um, to handle anything. So, um, you know, I think I think the lesson is to, you know, pause, take a step back, work with the team and, you know, uh, the answers are there. And because I've sat in that chair, more or less, um, mm. I know how busy you are. So we try to keep the podcast at 30 minutes. So we hit 30 minutes. Uh, so I want to thank you for taking time to do this. And as I said earlier, you know, talking to you is like talking to a friend. And, and I thought we did a great job not overdoing it either way. And um, listen, I wish you continued good luck. I know we'll be talking off podcast as well. So thanks, John. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Howard. Uh, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Okay. We'd like to thank John Lusink, and we'd like to thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us one of two ways, by email at info at rewithhd.com or on our website, rewithhd.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.